Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. Are you sure you're not Mrs. Doubtfire? (laughs) Hello! (laughs) This is our 200th episode, which is why I was so excited to say hello. It's a celebration, bitches. We have been recapping Sister Wives for 200 episodes for almost four years now. I think it counts a couple of off weeks in there, as well as some break weeks where we release some Patreon episodes maybe here and there. But for the most part, yeah, it's been a solid three years going on four that we've been recapping this show. Pretty impressive, all things considered, I suppose. Impressive that the show has lasted this long. Well, we came in on season 14, and they were circling the drain. That's still my theory. This episode is season 18, episode 4, A Deal with the Devil. So who's the devil in this episode, then? Would that be Cody? Because he was talking about his horns, how horny he was. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's Robin? She was kind of horned up, too, during the Christmas present. The back rubbing Uh, scene? Yeah, there was some PDA that was taking place. I'm surprised the purity culture allowed that to happen. I'm sure Robin doesn't love the yucky energy that this episode name is giving off. I don't know if she even would say the word devil. El Diablo. (laughs) Just saying it in Spanish make it any better? Yeah, it makes you feel better about it. What did we see in this episode, Corey? Well, the TLC description for this one is Cody confides in a friend who has also gone through a polygamist divorce, and he contemplates giving up on plural marriage. While Janelle is still reeling from the huge fight she had with Cody, the family once again celebrates Christmas separately. How is he contemplating giving up on plural marriage? He's lost all his wives. He's only got one wife. Yeah, I don't think he can live with himself if he's a monogamist, though. He doesn't know how to wrap his head around that. You just call exactly what you've been doing for the past 12 years monogamy. That easy. No, but he's been exploiting some women along the way, too, for financial gain and for power and status. Mostly financial gain. Mostly financial. But let's hear that Carly episode rewrite description, the 200th episode Rewrite. That added a lot of pressure to it. No pressure. Santa Claus calls Osha on the working conditions inside of the Shira Chateau. Cody gauges Nathan's interest in a murder-for-hire plot. (laughs) (laughs) The Dabsark Art Gallery opens to mixed reviews. Yeah, two thumbs down over here. (laughs) Not a fan. Didn't like it. (laughs) It's overwhelming and confusing. There's a lot going on, too. But not even just the art. There's just a whole assortment of stuff. We're going to talk about it because like everyone else, we took our time combing through the shots that we got now that we finally got to see the inside of the Shira Chateau this season. And wow, is it packed to the gills. 
It's full up. The inn is full. Announcements. If you're wondering how it's possible that we have recapped 200 episodes of this show because you're not seeing them all in your podcast player, that's because they are over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash survivingpod, where you can listen to episodes from seasons 1 through 10 of Sister Wives and a shit ton of other episodes where we just talk about random things in other TV shows and movies from time to time. Also, you get to listen to these episodes every week ad-free and with a little bit of early access to, sometimes some earlier than others. And of course, on Sunday nights at 10.05 p.m., we have revised the times so that everybody's apps have a chance to refresh and we can all start the episode at the same time. We are watching Sister Wives live together in the Discord channel, which is part of your Patreon benefits. We've been having a ton of fun doing that. There are a lot of people joining those, so there's lots of conversations, lots of thoughts, lots of GIFs. GIFs, if you prefer. I still go with GIFs. I know politically it's pronounced GIF, but I'll still say GIF. Don't leave a review about it. Yeah, I don't usually address the negative reviews on the podcast, but we (laughs) did get one that had some very specific feedback about the way that I pronounce the word family. And if you're subtracting a star... For the way that I'm pronouncing that word, I don't think you got the joke. <laughs> so we need to clarify that is not, in fact, the way that you speak. Right. I would say it like Gino from 90 Day Fiance because I would be a Midwest accent family <laughs> with the eh sound. Eh. But no, that's not how anybody on this show says family. Especially if you go back to early seasons, Mary, I think, was the biggest perpetrator of that christine does it a couple of times too family very apparent so there's that just some food for thought okay it's time for this episode there's a lot to talk about yeah why were they playing the exorcist soundtrack to start the episode (laughs) with the piano music there was some questionable music cues within this entire episode i guess i was supposed to drum up the holiday excitement wrong holiday though (laughs) That's not the holiday I had in mind. It was eerie, but it did kind of go with the footage because we find out it's been 10 days since Cody and Janelle had that fight on the love seat. And Janelle has gone full Blair Witch. She is self-shooting from an angle that is mostly up her nose while she cries about the situation that she's gotten herself into here. Did you catch that Janelle was mentioning she knows Cody yelled at her in the car the other day. Did you catch that line? I was very confused by that. When was he yelling at her in a car? We didn't see it. We didn't see that. So what is that? That's another questionable decision, babe. I would not be getting in a vehicle with this man at this point in time. He is too angry. He has disabled the ability for you to unlock your door. I can guarantee that. As the child locks on classic Ted Bundy move to disable the handle from the interior so you can't get out. And we know he travels with a murder tarp in the back of the truck. He has a kill kit. Allegedly. We know that (laughs) is probably true. She's over it. He's told her things like, choose your loyalties or you won't have a husband anymore. Well, especially when she keeps swearing at him. He can't stand for that. Just the vulgarity of it. She's the mean one. She's swearing at him. Right. She's mean Mm -hmm. to Cody. What seems to be meaner, though, is the fact that at this point, Janelle's pretty sure he's just going to write off all the rest of his kids. He's over them. And he very clearly does not want to be a plural husband in any capacity anymore. But this is flipping a lot of Janelle's worldview because now she doesn't even recognize this man. Who is this guy? Who is this mean person? Has he been like this always? She's starting to question. It seems like there has been a real change in Cody's personality because Robin talks about it later in the episode as well. So what do we think the origin of that could be? Well, we know he used to be just goofy and kind of cheesy, still pretty dippy, but not this angry. So where did that change come about? I'm just starting to suspect that perhaps... Spending all that time on the prairie dog plague infected land, maybe, just maybe Cody didn't have COVID 
maybe he had a form of bubonic plague that has permanently altered his personality. Like King Henry VIII. (laughs) Just like King Henry VIII. If you are here for the Tudor references, I'm glad to keep bringing them to you. Oh, boy. But is that the answer? Is it prairie dog plague from swimming in the drainage ditch pond on the land from just a few seasons ago? He did fully submerse. Maybe, is that the right word? He's fully submersible. (laughs) Did that alter his genetic code in some way? (laughs) Did a brain-eating amoeba enter into his skull? Well, her name was just Robin. She goes by the simple form. We need to know her Latin name. (laughs) Regardless of what did or didn't happen to Cody, long story short, Janelle is fucked at this point. She's got no monies. She's starting to realize that she has no assets and she is completely financially enmeshed with the rest of these idiots. And so at this point, it's just heartbreaking to watch her come to this conclusion and kind of break down on the couch here in front of her little tiny baby tree. So that's Janelle's Christmas. And now we do get some Christmas music that starts to play because we are being transported to Christmas Eve at Robin's house. It's not at Mary's house. It's not after all, huh? I thought it was going to be at Mary's house, but then Mary had explained the awkwardness of having Robin and Cody come over to Mary's house because that would be weird. So it makes more sense for Mary to go over to Robin and Cody's house because it's Robin and Cody's house. You hear the difference? Does it though? Do you you hear the difference in the way that sounds? I don't really hear the difference, Mary. It's because Mary is alone in every sense of the word. I think she just didn't have all the ingredients for crepes. Well, seeing as... The types of crepes that Cody is creating in the kitchen later on. We'll get to that. Yes, I don't think there's enough ingredients. The house. We're in the house. Finally. It's been talked about forever, I feel like. There's been so much speculation about why they will not film the inside of the Shira Chateau. And here we are. And it's a mess. There's just stuff everywhere. There's a lot of stuff. It's the pure quantity of stuff. On every flat surface. And like flat, counting the countertops, the top of the microwave, the floors, the walls themselves as well. Not only the cabinets, but on top of the cabinets. I think it was interesting because then when Christine was talking about she's doing Christmas with her kids at her place in Salt Lake, she specifically mentioned that they're just going to spend time together as a family. There's not going to be a lot of presents That made me LOL. Because we see what happens at Robin's where we're just buying happiness. We have to acquire this as good capitalist consumers. Our second family spending Christmas separately is Janelle and her kids. And she is improvising a lasagna, which I felt like was very Janelle. It's really not that hard to gather the ingredients for a lasagna. Are we going to start calling this mock lasagna because every recipe that this family makes has to be a mockery? (laughs) Who are they mocking exactly? Just Italian cuisine in general? (laughs) I don't know, but they all made forms of pasta. Did you notice that? I did notice that because then Mary had her own Italian dish that she prepared for Robin's house. But can somebody please tell Mary that she needs to come up with a new name for this dish? It can't be a lasagna. If there's farfelli noodles in it. No, 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 no. Mary's was mock ravioli. Ravioli. Even better, because that's a very specific pasta, a stuffed pasta. I would argue that a lasagna is actually closer to a ravioli than just, as she would call it, butterfly noodle pasta. Butterfly noodle. Let's table that, because that's that could be a long discussion. I cannot allow this. I will not stand for this. Janelle is sharing with us as she's making this lasagna that Cody still hasn't spoken to her and he hasn't called Savannah. Because the real perpetrator in this divorce is clearly Savannah. She's the reason why this relationship has completely fallen apart and Cody is holding her to it and punishing her accordingly. So even though he is taking it out on the children, which is a pattern that we've seen him use before... This is kind of a different split than when Christine left because Janelle doesn't feel like she can just leave Cody. 
because she still believes in their faith, whereas Christine was like, kicking rocks, I'm out of here, I don't believe in that anyway, and I don't believe in plural marriage, and I have no ties left to any of you anymore. No bow ties. Not even a butterfly noodle pasta. (laughs) Not a single butterfly noodle. So she's kind of stuck in this spot of like, I guess we're technically still married, but I don't want anything to do with him anymore. Their Facebook status would be, it's complicated. (laughs) She did do what we thought she would, which Cody didn't come pick up his shit yet. So that went to storage. And pretty soon, it's going to be heading down to the Goodwill. Clock's ticking. Yes, we know exactly where that's going. It's all packed up. It's boxed up. So if you're not going to get it, it's going to get out of here one way or the other. Janelle got a deal. It was $29.99 for the first month of rental. And she is going to be getting that shit out of there before month two starts. There's no way she's paying for that. Do you think she just put it in the RV? Is that the storage <laughs> unit now? Storage unit. <laughs> it's just boxed up. I don't know. I don't think she would give him the keys to get into her RV at this point. It's the only thing she owns. Yeah, I wouldn't trust it. So now we get to see some of Robin's wonderful Christmas spirit on full display here. It's the Dickens Christmas Village Collection. And what's the main reason why Robin collects this? Because Cody loves this shit. He loves Dickens Christmas Carol. And specifically these $260 to $400 figurines that you can buy at your favorite knickknack shops. Specifically QVC, which we know she loves. And did you see there was a TikTok that actually estimated how much all of these pieces cost at full retail value? Do you want to take a guess without going over, Corey? My price is right knowledge to the test. Channeling my inner Bob Barker for an accurate estimate here. I'll guess $3,600. Ooh, not enough. Oh, I believe it was like (sighs) $4,600. It was definitely up there. Man. I was right in there. (laughs) Well, you didn't go over. Yeah, I was was in contention. That's a lot of money to have something that you put out for one month of the year. (laughs) Something tells me Robin's putting out more than one month a year. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering why that was so funny to you. (laughs) But Cody loves the Christmas Carol so much. Well, I like that people were pointing out Why is it that Robin can't have an interest to collect these things on their own? Her excuse is that Cody loves this. So that's why I collect these things, because Cody likes it. Because then it's an excuse for her to spend money, because she didn't spend it because she wanted it. She spent it because it was for Cody's enjoyment. I'm trying to make your Christmas more magical. Please, allow me to do that by opening your wallet and giving me your credit card. I was very disturbed when he talked about his love for Christmas, Carol, because... He was staring into the void as he was explaining it about how Ebenezer Scrooge got lucky because he got to see his life five years in the future. Carly, what do you think Cody's life looks like five years in the future from when this was filmed? Because obviously we've already lost a year of that. So four years from now. Four years from now, he is alone in a log cabin that he has built himself. It's a very, very small cabin. Somewhere on Coyote Pass. Finishing another round of antibiotics to try and ward off his prairie dog plague illness. (laughs) That's what all the vitamin bottles were for. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of supplements. He's a recluse. He never goes back to the Shira Chateau anymore. He's all alone. Within four years? You're giving it four years and he's going to be completely alone? Oh, yeah. Robin's got to move on while she's still young. (laughs) While she still has spirit babies floating around her. We're going to hop back to Salt Lake City for a minute because we got to check in on what's going on over at Christine's house. Again, eating some form of pasta. We find out Truly is unfazed by not seeing Cody on Christmas. It's kind of just like every other day of the year. And like every other Christmas, probably, in some capacity. She did make sure to raise a glass of grape juice and toast at the table as Tiny Tim by screaming, And God bless us, everyone. Us in this room. (laughs) I thought that was pure poetry (laughs) for her to quote the last line of A Christmas Carol. To staple line, tiny truly. A lot of similarities there, probably. (laughs) If you look hard enough. (laughs) You find a lot of comparisons between these stories in real life. Oh, boy. I feel like Bob Cratchit was a better dad, though. Just going to say that. (laughs) 
Should we head back to the Shira Chateau? <laughs> well, yeah, because now we're going to see how Cody gets everybody excited. He's going to spend some quality time with Robin's kids here because, you know, he doesn't do that enough. So he's encouraging everyone, please silence your cell phones <laughs> and set them down at this point. The movie is about to start. <laughs> please do not do what I do at Christine's house. Put your phones down for a couple minutes so we can spend some time together. Pay attention to me. Yes, I need more attention now, and I would like it to begin immediately. I'm still shocked the fire department has not been called to this home yet because of the tinderbox it is between the amount of paintings on the walls and the fake snow that Robin had in the Dickens Village. Very flammable. A lot of that. And there were so many sets of them. I don't know why we needed that many just the sheer quantity. And then if we're talking about quantity, the number of pill and supplement bottles that are scattered throughout this kitchen. Not only are they on the countertop, but then Robin has bought like one of those multi-tier shelf situations because she needed more room vertically to house more vitamin bottles. It's a lazy Susan that doesn't spin. It's a lazy Robin. (laughs) I don't get it. So the pantry, which you can also see into because the door is wide open, maybe close that if it's going to be stuffed full of shit. There are cabinets that they have put in there. Those used to be shelves when they bought this house. It was just a room of shelves. It was a pantry. Yes. Now there are cabinets, upper and lower cabinets in there. You could not put the vitamins in one of those. Well, those are stuffed to the gills, too, because there's stuff that's on top of those cabinets in the pantry. And look, we get it. Not everybody has a spotless home. Sometimes clutter can accumulate. There are things that are around in the house. It's not everybody needs to have a darker house. That That was a beautiful house. (laughs) It was a beautiful house. They were aware the cameras were coming to film that day. They knew. Yes, they made an effort. As long as this room looks neat. One room. One. We can put all the other stuff in the pantry or in the closet and close the door. That's fine. Have a Monica closet. Sure. We're okay with it. That's okay. But to just have all this stuff laying around, it's very cluttered. The pill bottles in particular, because that's just dangerous. I don't know if it was, yeah, like what pills it is. It feels like there's probably just weird supplement things, some vitamins, some minerals. It's probably another MLM that they're part of. Something else that's going on. But there are just so many bottles all over. If Cody was worried about his kidneys before, he better be now. Because I don't think you can take that much. Even if it's a supplement or a vitamin or a mineral, at some point, your body's just going to shut down. It'll be your last headache. I don't know, maybe they started a pharmacy in addition to an art gallery. I hope not. Mary's here. I almost forgot. Oh, remember? Everyone almost, like, pretty much kind of forgot. Lost her in the pill bottles. (laughs) (laughs) This is inconvenient, though, because it means Cody and Robin, they're going to have to tone down the intense sexual attraction they have to one another. Yeah, can you feel that sexual tension that's building here at Christmas with all the kids on Christmas Eve here, right before the presents? It's not the only thing we're looking to unwrap tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Swiping a credit card does get Robin going. (laughs) So this is where Mary has to remind us. Remember when she was fun and she used to make jammies for everybody? I think she's fun now. I think she's more fun now than she ever was. Well, except for when she, again, almost launched herself into orbit (laughs) on the sledding incident. That was my favorite Christmas episode. My favorite Merry Christmas moment. She is very competitive. I do appreciate that. But we're not doing jammies anymore. She's changing it up. We got blankies now. I don't think I like this. I don't like the blankies. I didn't either. There are less kids again, so why didn't she hand sew pajamas? Yeah, that was the excuse, was the family got too big, and that was why it just took so much damn time. She wasn't able to make these handmade jammies for every single person in the family anymore. You don't have to. You're back to original family levels of people? Come on, bust out the sewing machine, Mare. It's time to set the Americana craft room back up. But this is kind of like being the other woman, being here with Robin and Cody, a real couple. Not really, though. Not really, Mary. Kind of, she's like the tipsy spinster ex-wife that they feel guilty leaving alone on a holiday. That's why she's there. 
Yeah, but at least Robin knows she's being very careful and tactful about this, about suppressing her violent sexual urges for Cody. (laughs) Mary's not picking up on that at all. Of course, Mary is picking up on that. It's pretty hard to miss. So now Cody's going to read through the nativity. We're going to enjoy some good old-fashioned Christmas traditions here. But meanwhile, Cody's bank account is low. And we're not talking about his usual one that he's overdrafting on. We're talking about his bank account of love for the family. Can't take a break from playing the victim, even on Christmas, apparently. He's just, he's so damaged and volatile. And so in just, in order to suppress that emotion, he has to ignore the children who have hurt him so bad, i.e. Janelle and Christine's kids, and just focus on the children who do a better job of placating him instead, meaning Robin's kids. Right. Give more attention to Robin's kids. That seems to be the solution here. That was the problem that got us to this point. So I'm just going to go ahead and double down. (laughs) Do more of that. Just more, more of that. Okay, that should work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's Christmas morning. And Mary apparently did not stay the night. She didn't get that invitation. She was not able. Not welcome. <laughs> they couldn't let her crawl up on the couch with one of those little blankets. One of the blankets that she brought. <laughs> She probably could have found some sleeping pills on the counter and just zonked out. There you go. Some ambient. You're good. <laughs> like a new woman the next day. Awakened. Refreshed. Although you probably shouldn't combine those with any form of alcohol. Not with the amount of wine that she was probably consuming. As she's on this drive, Mary's reflecting with us. It feels like she and Robin are the only ones who are trying to hold this family together at this point. And I'm sorry, by my count, I believe... They are the only two that are left in the family at this point, (laughs) right? Am I mistaken? No. Well, Mary's questionable, but they're trying to get rid of her. She just won't leave. Are these not the people who actually separated the family this year by not extending an olive branch to have the other kids come over to Robin's house? Yeah, because wasn't it just last week where Mary made the decision with Cody and Robin to not extend an invitation to Christine and Janelle, even though they knew that everybody was going to be in Flagstaff at the same time right after Christmas? Mm-hmm, but they're trying really, really hard to keep the family together. It's just, it's such a burden. It's very difficult. It's a, it's a heavy load to carry at this point. But Janelle already knows. She's in Flagstaff. Same zip code as these bozos, and she's not holding her breath. She does not expect to see Cody at all today. He better call Savannah by her standards, even though he won't, because she's done nothing wrong. But you know damn well, Christmas is just another time where Cody can let his kids down in just special ways. No, no, no. He's too busy, I guess, curating art or something. Is that what's going on over there? Let's talk about the paintings. Shall we? Oh, yeah, because, well, we get the magical Christmas morning moment where Robin's house and all of her kids come storming out and they get the big reveal. But what's the big reveal within the big reveal? <laughs> the reveal for us <laughs> is the multiple pieces of artwork. That reverse shot of them coming out from their bedrooms to see the living room. That 
is actually more telling than anything else that you'll see in this episode. It is nonsensical the way that the artwork is hung. It's seriously, it's just designed to maximize use of the amount of space there is because they are going to fill up every square inch of it. This was measured and calculated to determine how many pieces can we fit in every single area of this living room. Now, the artwork that we see in that corner by the stairs, of course, the infamous forest fire with the deer coming out on top and then the other strange martini glass situation. I don't know what it was. It was looking through a window out to the water. There were two of them, very similar, all made by the same artist whose last name is Kush. (laughs) Investing in a different kind of Kush than they are at Janelle's house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not Janelle's grow operation, unfortunately. (laughs) Maybe there was some confusion when they were divvying up the family pot. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Quite literally. Whoa. (laughs) Okay, the art. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's been so much analysis of all of the artwork on TikTok already. Please go explore those for more detail. There are a lot of deep dives that are out there right now. I have committed to my own personal theory, and I know that there is the ability to buy this artwork in the form of prints, which are much less expensive. Obviously, these may or may not be originals. Who's to know? None of us are experts in the art world well it's tough to tell from this self-shot cell phone footage here on christmas morning because you know tlc's not paying the crew overtime to be there on a holiday christmas day christmas morning no way here's my theory hear me out cody has been spending lots of time reading forums we believe mostly 4chan reading about men's rights reading about how men get screwed over in divorces or when their wives leave them. A lot of incel propaganda. And my theory is that part of what he's read is ways to keep your money away from your wife, your greedy bitch wife who wants to take all of your money with her when she leaves you. And he has been siphoning money out of the family pot and purchasing things so that it is not available. It's No longer liquid to be used by others. It's not just currency. It's an asset now. And it's an asset that he can hide and claim that he doesn't have or claim that he spent less on it than it's actually worth. Now, am I saying that Cody is good at collecting artwork? No. Am I saying this is a scheme that's going to work? No. Is it a possibility that it's something that he looked into and the more paranoid he's gotten, the better it sounded? plausible because we know damn well that he's not legally married to Janelle. So there is no legal due process that's going to happen. But there are still some levels of shared resources for an extended period of time where you can prove cohabitability, where there would be some sort of compensation that would be required for a separation of that. I would think her recourse is probably more so that she is tied up with them financially in ways where there are contracts, right? Like being a shared partner in ownership of the land. That's something you can prove. They're going to owe her money in some form or fashion. And maybe they're just planning to say that they're a single mother with nothing to give you. That has been Robin's story before with Victoria's Secret credit cards. It just makes you wonder why Janelle is so confident that they should have the money to pay off the remainder of the property, while Cody's version of the story is that's not the case. And if she wants to live somewhere, she can have a small amount of money for a down payment on a house, but they just don't have the funds to pay off the land. And also why Janelle was getting so frustrated and at certain points saying, I don't know if I need to get a lawyer. I don't even know what to do at this point because she is so enmeshed with the family finances. Just a theory doesn't mean it's right. It's just bizarre, is it not, that they have this much artwork? Well, especially from weird artists with some other questionable political statements that are being made with some of the other pieces as well. But let's take a look at some of the other assets that we've acquired for Christmas morning here for the rest of the kids. So the kids run upstairs to find three... Should I call them scooters? Is Cody 
originally introduces them to us. Cody refers to them as scooters, but then he says we used to call them mini bikes. Remember when you get a Razor scooter and that was like the best thing you could get on Christmas? A scooter was a scooter. A scooter's a scooter. A mini bike is a mini bike. I don't know why Cody sounded like he knew what a mini bike was. I don't know why we're not calling these mini bikes because that's basically what they are. He eventually called it a mini bike, right? He said they used to call them mini bikes. So I don't know why he's referring to them as scooters now. Who knows? Someone in a store sold them to him who knew nothing about what they were, but knew that they were worth anywhere from $500 to $800 a piece, most likely, and wanted to move that inventory. Oh, but look, Cody is just, he's dying to go have some fun on Coyote Pass because he has not gotten his money's worth out of that land yet. He's only swam in the pond once. Didn't you think that was the fucking kicker here? That he bought these bikes so they could make use of Coyote Pass. He is going to have these kids ride around on the land that Chanel cannot build her house on because he keeps wasting money on bullshit like this. It's the reason you're homeless, but also watch me turf this wicked donut here before I go hop into the pond and just go rip roaring through the land. Also, why did they have to have three? I know he thought that they were inexpensive, probably because... He didn't have to buy, didn't have to. He chose not to buy gifts for the rest of his children for Christmas this year. So he had a little extra left in his budget to spend on Robin's kids. But wouldn't you expect maybe one bike that everyone shares? Well, then how would you be able to race? Because everything has to be a competition as well. Because this is where Robin starts to suspect. She gets a little suspicious because she knows motorized vehicles are dangerous from anything that she's learned through motherhood. That's the biggest thing that she's taken away. Motorized vehicles equal harm to your children. And I hope Dayton would agree. I'm sure he was thrilled to get one of these. Yeah, I guess three, it was for who? Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna? Dayton, Aurora, Brianna, of course. The tenders can't drive one of these. Tendies can't drive. And also included in the budget, which we're not going to talk about in the actual breakdown here, it's helmets for everybody, but I guess it's going to be a bring your own eye patch situation. <laughs> Dayton. Maybe you still have yours in a cabinet or a desk somewhere. I hope everyone has health insurance before we get on these bikes. <laughs> you know damn well they don't. <laughs> but Robin's starting to suspect maybe, just maybe, Cody might be trying to compensate for not having the family all together by buying these bigger gifts for her kids. Compensate for what? What is he compensating for? Trying to compensate for I'm sorry for being such a terrible dad to all these other kids. So I'm going to be a better dad to Robin's kids. I'm sorry that you guys get everything that you ever want. Here's more. You guys just keep doing what you're doing because it's working. At this point, it's pretty clear that her kids are not devastated by the fact that they are not spending the holidays with the rest of their family. It seems like they have pretty much turned on the other kids and Christine and Janelle. They don't like them either. Ari doesn't even remember them. Meanwhile, over at Janelle's place, there's no dirt bikes and there's no dirt bags. <laughs> so every Christmas before this one, it used to be such a big ordeal, but now this is so much better. It's peaceful. There's a whole pile of settlers of Catan on the dining room table that you know they're going to go so hard. They're here to play, buddy. Let me tell you. They love to play board games. They are ready to go. They got a couple expansions. They're ready. She was not worried about ruining these kids Christmas because straight, straight up told them already that she and Cody had a fight that it doesn't look like they're going to come back from. And the kids, they're pretty okay with it. And she hasn't heard from anybody else in Flagstaff since then. So don't expect to hear from anybody else. But then Cody is blaming Janelle that they share equal blame in this because she, Janelle said the hurtful words to Cody, obviously. Oh. But he just wants to give his loyal wife, Robin, and her children something special. So he's blocking everything else out. That's Cody's storyline for this episode. Tunnel vision on Robin and her kids. That's been the play before, and that's what he's sticking to. I was particularly irritated by him defending his actions by saying Janelle was just as absent as he was. I think that's very hard to do. Uh, no, sir. 
She actually showed up for her kids on Christmas. You didn't. I wouldn't count that as absent. I would say that's more absent on your part then if you did not participate in Christmas at all with her or her children. I would have left in the middle of the night and keyed every single one of the cars parked outside of Robin's house if I was Janelle. I would rig the mini bikes to blow. <laughs> Can we talk about Crepe Gate? Oh, God. Okay. More French, less Mexican, as Cody describes it. Why does Robin love to ruin occasional fun foods? Like fondue. She ruined fondue. Now she's ruining crepes. This is, I guess, their Christmas tradition. Wasn't it that the the older girls used to make breakfast on Christmas and crepes were one of the things that they would make? Used to be. Not anymore. I feel like Robin even regrets introducing Cody to crepes because she gets grossed out by the crepes that Cody is making. Because normally there would be a system here, right? It's it's either savory or it's sweet. It's an either or crepe situation. But Cody just dumps everything into all of his crepes. So it's just a whole hodgepodge mix of stuff. Yeah, it's a real um, Buddy the Elf situation going on here. Pop-Tarts and spaghetti. But what is a crepe, according to Cody? It's a French burrito, I think, was one of the terms that he used. A French burrito. He is officially banned from ever entering France. I can guarantee that. Did you see the way he held it as he was eating it? When he was deep-throating it? (laughs) (laughs) I would have been so glad if I was one of his other kids to witness this footage, to be so thankful that I was not there in person for this. He was holding the crepe together like it was a Chipotle burrito that he had mistakenly taken the tinfoil off of. Don't take your foil off your burrito from Chipotle, guys. (laughs) That's a PSA. You're supposed to work your way down. But he knew he done goofed. He messed up. The real crime here, how Robin said mozzarella cheese. Mozzarella. (laughs) Mozzarella. He's got a mozzarella. (laughs) Mozzarella cheese. Wow. I wasn't prepared for it. When I heard it, I was like, I didn't hear that right. Let me go back and listen to that again. What a treat. (laughs) I wonder how she pronounces ricotta. Does anyone care about Ari and Saul on the couch talking about the texture of crepes? Not really. They're significantly older. Yes, let's acknowledge that. That's the theme for this episode because the other kids were also on the couch. Janelle's kids. And Gabe didn't cut his hair until January of the following year. So that footage, the reaction to this Christmas was filmed a full year after it occurred. So that is how slow it is to make this show. Good timely reactions to stuff. Catching them right in the heat of the moment. (laughs) It made it worse because when Janelle's kids were talking about how they hadn't had any contact with him, I was like, are you talking about now, present day, a whole year after this has taken place? Yeah, pretty much. That's what's going on. So now Cody gives us the update. They've made it through the holidays. They've muddled their way through. He was able to at least savor some of his savory crepes at Robin's house and the time with her and her children. But at what cost? We get the pointed summary from Cody from the trailer that we were very excited and impressed with, where he's in such a bad place with Janelle. Christine's gone. Don't even know what to do with Mary. (laughs) And he's starting to realize he's been such a joy to be around the last two years or so. So we're going to go for a drive with Nathan and talk about polygamous divorce. This is how you know that he is running out of people to film with. As he's losing more wives, they need to pull in side characters. So Nathan's back. Again? Yeah, because he was in last episode, too. How many times is Cody going to vent to this guy? I guess as many times as they're going to give him a Salsa Brava gift card to do it, huh? Sold. You got me. Yeah, (laughs) I'd be there. So in case you were wondering, and in case you missed it, Nathan's married to Mary's sister. There's probably a better way to state that sentence, but I'm not going to change it. (laughs) And he is praying for the day that that marriage no longer exists so that he doesn't have to be technically Cody's brother-in-law through marriage anymore. He's really rooting for Mary to get up and pack her bags. That would be really nice. (laughs) Yeah, that would be quite a relief for Nathan at this point. Because Cody keeps calling him his friend, but it's pretty clear that Nathan feels obligated to have these conversations with Cody. There's a deep obligation in this conversation. And especially because Nathan is divorced. He lived polygamy himself. He had two wives. Now he has one 
Is he more of an expert on divorce than Robin then, since he's actually had a polygamous divorce and she has not? I don't think she would ever let you say that, but yes, I would agree that Nathan does have more experience than Robin in this particular case. But Nathan's warning Cody, it's a long road to get normalized again after that. The divorce that happened, it was kind of against Nathan's will, the same way it's allegedly against Cody's will that his wives are leaving. But you're not the same person anymore. Divorce changes you. That's starting to make Cody ask some big questions. Can he adjust to having this small family instead of cosplaying being a plural husband for years? He couldn't manage polygamy. How can he manage monogamy? Another big concern of his, Robin. She's suffering. Still doesn't mention his children. Not worried about his children. No, it's Robin's heartbreak. She's mourning. There's loss here for her. Mostly her. I guess the term sacred loneliness does not apply to Robin now that she's pretty much a single sister wife. Nothing sacred about that loneliness. <laughs> it's a new term, I guess, that we're introduced to. There's some conversation in the episode about whether this is a real concept or not. Well, it's just funny that Cody's main takeaway from all of his recent soul searching that he's been doing so far is that polygamy is hard for the women. They've been telling him that since day one. About 30 years of conversations that have been depicting that struggle. That was actually the part that he hated the most about talking to Christine was that she would express how hard it was to be a woman living polygamy. But it's just, it's constantly overlooked how tough it is. Yeah, we know. You were the one constantly overlooking it. But this is supposed to be a positive thing for women. You're supposed to endure this loneliness in order to have a closer relationship with God. And based on Christine's reaction, and we all know she's basically polygamy family royalty, her family kind of like started off, started this whole thing, and she's never heard of it. She thought that was ridiculous. Mary thinks it's stupid. I think more so because it kind of struck a nerve for her because she's been feeling the sacred loneliness for a while. It hasn't done anything positive for her. Nothing good has come of it. Nathan then comes out as a women's rights activist, which was a bold move by saying that women have a right to marry any man, even a man who's married. That is your right. And then to be lonely. Well, Nathan actually starts off by talking about a woman's right to choose, but not like that. <laughs> Correct. Not a, Hold on now. That's not what I meant. Not for everything, just for who she gets to marry and who gets to father her babies. That's what a woman has a right to choose. This leads into the whole disgusting conversation where Cody tells us Janelle and Christine, they chose a married man. They asked to be part of this family. They pretty much like begged. Remember when they were panting like dogs? It, it was a lot of that. So because they wanted to be in the family so bad, not that Cody wanted them to be in it, that he was doing them a favor. There were special requirements for them to join the family. I love that this is how Cody has to rewrite history. He has to figure out what are the differences between the women who have left and the women who have stayed so far. And it turns out that Mary and Robin were courted, according to Cody. But Janelle and Christine both asked to join the family like the harlots they are. What also killed me was when Robin was getting to chime in about sacred loneliness. And she knows how marriage, plural marriage specifically, can be lonely. Not for her, obviously, but she knows it can be lonely, particularly for the other wives. She's heard through the grapevine. I know polygamy can be lonely. It's not for me, but it would be for other people. So what is he trying to say here? That the agreement was that there, was these, there were these special requirements for them to join the family. They had to agree to patriarchy, I guess, is what he's trying to subtly claim, and that they have voided their part of the marriage agreement. But Janelle even points out, no, that never happened. It was never a direct ask to enter the family. There were discussions that took place about joining the family, and then they had their own courtships, and then they got married. It wasn't like Janelle and Christine just ran straight to the altar with this dude. And we've been told multiple times that it's inappropriate for a man to be out there looking for a wife. So it's typically in the woman's court to be the one who approaches the family to say that she's interested. 
Unless, of course, you're Robin, because then Mary approaches you. Right. And if you're not ready for that conversation, she's going to recruit you. So then didn't Mary ask for Robin to be in the family? This was a by proxy courtship, was it not? So then that's Mary's fault? Yes, another one down. Because Mary's asking, she's another harlot who's asking for joining families, even though she's asking for somebody else to join. (laughs) Apparently, Janelle and Christine were lesser wives because of the way that they entered the family. Which didn't seem to be a problem up until about, I don't know, 2010. Say until about the point that he got in this car and closed the door. <laughs> right. This is the storyline that Cody has come up with on the fly. And so he's testing it out with Nathan to see if he's going to point out any of the inconsistencies in the story so he can work on it before he goes and starts spouting it off to his own family. Because Cody can't believe all of this is happening to him. Of all people, why me? Poor me. It's a real shame. Is this like not the longest car ride ever? I know there was no destination, but aren't we in Montana by now? Like, where are we going? You know, it was giving. It was giving 2020 or Dateline secretly shot footage from the dash of the car when the cops know that someone is about to try to get someone to kill their wife for them. Strangers on a train situation here. It's happening. And Nathan's getting a little worried based on this conversation with Cody. He's knowing Robin, she's in for a ride. She's going to stick around with him after this, going through all of this. It's not going to be fun for her either. Taking a little ride on the Cody coaster. (laughs) But Robin even admits she's having issues with Cody in their relationship now more than ever, because I don't think she's pieced together that they're finally running out of scapegoats (laughs) to blame all of her shortcomings on. And he's very suspicious of anyone being disloyal to him, including Robin, his most loyal wife. But then even she points out how she doesn't even recognize this man. I don't know if that was just because that was Janelle's experience. So now Robin has to just slurp that up and make that her experience, too, because she's done that a bunch throughout this entire series where she'll just... Oh, is that the emotion that you're experiencing? Actually, that's mine. It's because she doesn't have her own emotions. I'm feeling that. I am a little worried about what's going on in Robin's house because I get the vibe that she and her kids are placating Cody because he is so angry and that that is an emotion that scares them in particular because we know Robin has told us her side of the story is that her first husband was abusive in some form of another or another. It was not a pleasant environment to be in. And that seems almost like maybe that's a trauma response to be overly attentive to the upset and angry person to try to keep them from being angry. People pleasing doesn't come internally from a good part of yourself of wanting to please someone else. It's about securing your environment so you stay safe. So it's actually coming from that sort of negative space without even realizing it. So you could be doing things that you think are good out of care for another person, but it's actually just feeding into this toxic environment. This hasn't been the greatest situation overall. So Cody's wondering, what do all the other wives think about plural marriage now? For some reason, Janelle would consider living plural marriage again. Because she doesn't want to subscribe to the full package of a husband. She doesn't want that. (laughs) That's true. She just wants the trial period here. I've had enough. Go on to the next house now. Thank you very much. Just come hang out with the kids. Let's spend time together, quality time, bond with them, and then move on with our lives. Mary's opinion on why their family fell apart was really, it was hard to watch because she says it was due to personalities, you know, particularly hers. And then she says that she is positive that Cody regrets ever having married her. Yeah, she can't speak from certainty about Christine or Janelle, but she knows for sure that Cody 100% regrets marrying her. This is the point in the ride where Nathan definitely has one hand on the door handle. He is ready to make his escape anytime they approach a red light. And Cody's starting to talk about how things are getting real dark. It's dark going through a divorce. And he has all these thoughts. And he wants Nathan to share his deepest, darkest thoughts that he had during his divorce with him. And then he'll share his. Like, do you ever think about murdering your wives and throwing their bodies into a cistern? 
Not that specifically, no. <laughs> yeah, Cody's excuse is that he just wants to be a dick for a little while, but I think the meter's been running on that for a good bit at this point now. But does he want to be a dick or does he want to run away? Because that's his other daydream is that he just wants to run away from everything and everyone, including Robin. And the only reason he won't do that is because he's not going to abandon his tender age children. It just seems like it would be so much easier to just let it go. These relationships, let them go. It's so much more of a relief when a wife tells Cody that she's leaving because now he doesn't have to work to fix this anymore. And he doesn't have to take the accountability to say this isn't working out and I don't want to be with you anymore. Sorry about that. But then when he was talking about going and finding another place, starting somewhere else, starting over, is he talking about leaving Robin at this point too? Yes. That's what he was saying. He would leave. He's been thinking about it. But his two youngest are the only two that still love him. That's wild, is that the only source of love that Cody is actually registering are from his two children, youngest children, Saul and Ari, because they're not old enough to know better at this point, to judge him by his character. He didn't even include Dana or Brianna. No. So he's convinced himself not to do that on the sole reason that he would be abandoning the only things left in this world that love him. Oh, man, he was so close to actually making a self-realization. But Cody's at that point... He just, there's no way that he can form this level of self-reflection that Nathan is talking to him about, because you're going to have to face the dark parts of yourself. You're going to have to forge through a lot of this horrible stuff that you don't like about yourself individually, and it's stuff that you're going to have to work on and overcome and deal with and address, and that is not Cody's M.O. That is not how he handles things. This is not what we're looking to do as part of this show, man. He's not capable of that. Not going to happen. So what's the answer then? Just keep having kids? Is that the answer? Is that what we're going to land on instead? Only your two little kids, your two youngest kids love you, and that's the only thing that's keeping you here, so you better keep having kids. Create more innocent, naive beings that don't know that you're a horrible human being yet? Yeah. I guess that would be the solution, but thankfully we haven't actually landed on that. Time for the joyful part of the episode, which is Christine arriving at the vacation rental for second Christmas with Janelle and her kids. They're having snowball fights. They're enjoying their time together. It's very adorable. They're going to have to put a trademark on second Christmas. (laughs) It's second Christmas. The Christmas after Christmas, we're having a good Christmas. Gabe isn't even going to say that he's feeling slighted anymore. It's just absolute neglect. Which is the perfect word for it. That's the better way to summarize what's happening here. But Robin's side of the story, all their fault. The kids didn't want to spend time with her. If they had, she would have made it happen. She would have snapped her fingers. She would have convinced Cody to go ahead and make that happen. But remember that whole conversation that we just saw last week. When we did, we had that opportunity to invite everyone over to Mary's house. And Robin poo-pooed. That's too scary. Uh, Sounds scary. I don't think it's a good idea. She was literally the first one who spoke up and made the decision about what they should do. The most fucked up thing about this whole situation is that Christine and Janelle are staying in the same rental house, and yet only Christine's kids go over to the Shira Chateau. So little Savannah, who didn't get a phone call from her dad on Christmas or a gift or any acknowledgement of her at all, also has to sit home while her sister's Go there and open presents. So I guess, are we going to call this mock Christmas? Is that what this is? (laughs) Because it's basically, it's so weird when we were just at the rental together. Why didn't Savannah just hop in the car? I would have had her go. Like, surprise! how are we not going to address this? How are you going to coordinate with Christine? I mean, it's a lot to put it on Christine to mention, hey, Savannah's here too. Is it all right if she comes over? Because then you're having Christine facilitate. Maybe Savannah didn't even want to go after not getting called by her dad. I would be in the same boat, so I wouldn't fault her for that at that point. But now, what's the other benefit of having McKelty over is that Cody has found another baby to love him. It's baby Avalon. And Robin, too. She has latched onto this baby. She's got her claws in her. In a way that shows more interest in McKelty's child than any of the other biological children of Cody's. It's never interested in the other kids as much as she is in this grandkid. To which Christine then deems 
McKelty the bridge between the family because Robin has anointed McKelty as being neutral. But if we're going to refer to McKelty as the bridge, I hope she's not the bridge that Cody keeps referring to that's always on fire or there's something that's burning. She's the bridge to nowhere. Something that's happening. Bridge to Terabithia. (laughs) She's the only one that they have a relationship with at this point. But if the other kids wanted to have a relationship with Christine and Janelle's kids, that would be okay. Robin would give her blessing for Dana Aurora, Brianna, Saul, and Ari to have a relationship with them. But remember when Christine left, she told Robin on the porch that Christine doesn't want no relationship with Robin or her kids. So if Christine would just mea culpa with Robin and make it all better and apologize for that, she would have Robin's blessing, which is interesting because so you agree, people do need your blessing to have relationships in the family. (laughs) Did you say the quiet part out loud, Robin? She does have three children who are adults, so they can have relationships with whoever they want without your blessing. I don't think they can. (laughs) I don't think they can. Theoretically, they should be able to. It's also second Christmas over here at Robin and Cody's house. Well, it's it's mock Christmas morning again, yes. (laughs) And really the only people who should have presents to open today would be truly Savannah and I guess McKelty or their gifts for McKelty. She's an adult. Wait, so did Savannah make it here? No, did I say Savannah? You said Savannah. Oh, it's poor Isabel. Savannah, Isabel. It's still, well, I mean, Savannah should have presents, but yeah, <laughs> she's still not getting any presents. It's just truly Isabel and McKelty. So that's who should have gifts today. But Robin didn't like the idea of having just Christine's kids opening gifts. So she saved something. She set some gifts for Dana, Brianna, Saul, and Ari aside so that they could open them today, so that they too have gifts to open. To be fair, of course, in Robin's eyes, because we don't know the difference between equity and equality, clearly. (laughs) Did they hide the mini bikes or did they show those off to the kids before they came inside? Maybe they just opened the helmets for the (laughs) mini bikes, but we didn't actually show them the mini bikes part. Yeah, where were the three other mini bikes that should be here? Truly didn't get one. Isabel didn't get one. There's not one for Savannah. No, that no? was all the other sibling fund that pooled into the mini bike account. But then we got some footage of Ari putting on makeup, and at least she's not drawing on her eyebrows. That's not hereditary, right? <laughs> not taking makeup tips from mom yet. <laughs> and at least Cody didn't say anything toxic about purity culture or anything. He seems to be very relaxed with Ari exploring makeup at such a young age, even though he probably would have had a heart attack if Maddie was trying to do that back in Vegas. Or McKelty. (laughs) I was going to say, McKelty probably has some trauma associated with that. The body shaming is real. Ari and Saul are on the couch doing an interview. Really, all you need to know about this is there are no physical boundaries when it comes to... Ari interacting with Saul. The touching of the face, the touching, the kissing. She needs to know that no means no. He's annoyed by it. It's annoying. He's trying to pull himself away from her. He, he's like, stop. She's No, she's, she's not taking the context clues. It just makes me think of that heartfelt story that Cody shared about Ari's first day at school where she made such a dear friend feel better at kindergarten by hugging her and kissing her all day to make her feel safe and accepted at school, which now I'm imagining it in this context because that was pretty much how I had it playing out in my head before was that she was just being annoying and that's kind of what was going on. Well, it's a learned behavior because we see Cody calling Robin over to sit in a very, like a love, what was it? It was like a a lazy boy, a lounger. It's a recliner that he's trying to make into a love seat, if you know what I mean. He's coaxing Robin to his chair. <laughs> the, I don't, the last temptation of Robin. I don't want to think about how they would have sat on this chair together, but she chooses to sit on the arm of it, and he cannot resist from rubbing her back, which is the shot we saw in the trailer. Oh, yeah, because Robin is standing and hand-delivering some of these presents here, but she doesn't want to throw it in Christine's kids' faces, you know? She doesn't want to, but she will, 
because again, that seems to be her character arc this entire season. We're already rubbing a lot of things in the kid's face at this point just by being in your home and observing the environment. So why stop here? Oh, and Cody doesn't give a shit. So why should you care? They had a nice time together, I'm guessing. The the kids don't tell us that. Yeah, we didn't hear it from them. <laughs> no confirmation from Truly and Isabel about how they felt about the evening. So then we're getting Cody's analysis and wrap up here at the end of the episode about how the breakup and the fight with Janelle has been so tough. I thought it was interesting how now he's placing Janelle's household as the source of all of his pain. Not Christine's anymore, because remember when he would just get depressed just driving by Christine's house and seeing it? It's not that anymore. It's just thinking about Janelle's house and the people in it. He needs some time, though to change his behaviors, his thoughts. So there will be other Christmases. Well, I liked how he was like, he knows he should change, but he's just, he's not ready. Mm -hmm. He's not going to do that. I know I should change because I'm terrible, but I'm not gonna because there's other Christmases, which kind of sounded like a threat though, too, (laughs) at the same time where he's like, oh, there's going to be other Christmases. If you thought I fucked this one up, just wait. (laughs) All I was thinking was, but your kids are going to remember this Christmas. Right. They're going to remember the Christmas that you didn't call them and how upset they were that their dad abandoned them. That's something that sticks with you for a lifetime. Next episode, the Browns discuss how things went over Christmas. Janelle confesses to Christine that she doesn't know if her marriage can be fixed. Robin and Mary try to dissect what went wrong and reveal that Cody was not always equal with his time. Yeah, it looks like Robin's going to be kicking off some shit because she actually tried to say that Cody was not at her house enough. I don't know how we got her to say that on camera. Is that the moment where Mary was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's you. It, it is you. How much more time could you get if he wasn't spending enough time at your house, Robin? How much more time did you need? Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.